Welcome. Whoa, baby. That woke me up. We might need to turn the lights on because we're going to be using our Bibles this morning. I don't have a PowerPoint uh, uh, available. So, we're going to go old school. Yeah, there we go. See each other's face a little bit. I do like the dark lights for meditation and all of that as well. But Gio, like Gio said, he asked me to. He asked me last night to speak on for the whole <laughs> month of February. Yeah. And I said, "Boy, I said Gio, it's ten thirty. I mean, okay, but you know, I want to be obedient." No, he asked me at the beginning of the week if I wanted to uh, do something for church. Be, be glad to anything, anytime you want me to do something. Just you know, ask me. I want to serve any way I can. But this time I selfishly picked a topic that uh, is part of my New Year's um, resolution. I don't really like to call it a resolution, just deepening. This is something I'm really emphasizing in this new year, and that's relationships. Uh, And so we're going to be looking at uh, the time that I speak. We're going to be looking at relationships from a Christian and biblical perspective, what that means some practical applications concerning it. And I picked this for myself because relationships are really a weakness of mine. Um, I have a lot of work to do regarding relationships and how to build them and how to keep them going and how to maintain them. And Mike Dorner's helped me a lot with that, just um, kicking me around a little bit, you know, and I don't call and stuff. Um, and so it's helped me just to realize that, you know, it's something that I need to work on. Even though I can come across very uh, friendly when I'm with you, and I can hang out with anybody, once you're gone, it's, it's, it's like, what do I do now? And I think a lot of it had to do with how I was raised, because my uh, uh, parents were very disengaged from us emotionally. My dad was selling oil refineries all around the world. So we were kind of home on our own, in our little insecure world, and we moved a lot, and so I learned when I had friends, I had friends, and we moved, that's it, kind of protected myself, went on to some other relationship, then moved again, and I just learned when I'm not with them, okay, I'll see you. When I'm with you, man, we're tight. Maybe some of you feel the same thing, but that's not how relationships are built. And I realize that, and so I'm going after some relationships. I really don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm just going to initiate a lot more with bro. I want to get with people. I just want to talk and understand, and how can I serve, and all of that type of thing. So I'm kind of excited about it uh, for the new year. And so um, something that doesn't come naturally for me, I'm hoping will be a little bit more natural, not legalistic. I, I got an appointment. But just some time to, to open up and, and, and get to know other people. Um, I mean, I think I'm a pretty good guy. I think people would kind of like to be with me a little bit. Sure. Yeah, a little bit. But it's funny, I say that, but when I'm not with somebody and I haven't called them a while, then I start, oh, I can't call them. They won't want me calling them. The reason they haven't called me because they don't want me calling them. So I, 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 I get stuck. I don't know what to do. 
So I look in the mirror and I go, hey, but you're okay, you know? People kind of like hanging with you. You can make people laugh and all of that. But sometimes, you know, the, uh, the tears of a clown. Deep down inside, there's a lot of um, emptiness or loneliness or other things going on that we really don't know how to deal with that only can be dealt with from a relationship point of view. So it's what I'm learning from my study of the Word presently that keeps me going because a lot of times when I get stuck, I can get discouraged. But when I start studying a a topic that that is kind of becoming a weakness, it opens my eyes to the potential of that. I've not drained all of that. You know, when when you fail to get inspired by a particular thing that you're doing, it's because you've only touched the tip of the iceberg of what there is to inspire you. And that's kind of how I feel about relationships now. I'm really getting, getting excited about it. Hey, you got a, God is working. If I'm excited about getting to know you, right? I mean, yes. you know, he must be. For me to want to hang out with Joseph Nealon? <laughs> I mean, that's, that is unbelievable. That's, that's God. No, but it, it, it's going to... I'm building an uh, argument here, so, you know... I'm not just going on my emotions. But I feel like I'm trying to connect with all of us as to how important relationships are. Relationships or the lack of them take us through the gamut of human emotions. Love, fear, mistrust, feelings of betrayal, hate, disappointment, hurt feelings. I mean... The list goes on and on and on. Why we even hang around one another, sometimes you wonder. When you think of all the things negative that come out of relationships. How vulnerable we are when we hang out with one another because we're going to get hurt. If you hang out with a human being, you're going to get hurt. I will guarantee you. I was walking through the fellowship. Karen came by. Didn't even acknowledge I was there. (laughs) Hurt my feelings. I stood there days, you know, like old people do, they kind of, huh? But, you know, she came back. She was very loving this morning. No, I'm just kidding. You know, it's a funniest, it's funny how we get connected with people. Something's going to happen where somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. Somebody's not going to be respected enough. I mean, husbands, you ever have enough respect from your wife? No. No. I don't care what they say. We know better, right? Human relationships. So many levels of relationships. You have the marriage relationship, the dating relationship, peer relationships, parent-child relationships, sibling relationships, in-laws, employer-employee, colleagues. You got a relationship with your mechanic. 
You see him all the time? You got a relationship. He's in your life. You're stuck with him. And you can see when people have no direction in relationships, how to resolve conflict, how to get help, how to think, how to blend perspectives. You can see why people in these reality shows, they just go to Alaska. They just go. I'm live by myself. And it's like they just go and walk off a glacier forevermore, never seen. Gone. Because relationships. So my goal over the next few weeks is twofold. Show the importance of our relationships and hopefully inspire and open our eyes to the potential of what we can become as we refine our relationships. Because I'm not going to tell you Hey, you need to hang out with each other if you really don't like each other. Or if you don't see the importance of it. You know, the key to effective and disciplined Christian living is to be inspired to do something. And when we're stuck in our relationships, like, what are you doing tonight? Oh, i got to give it up, brother. Okay, here we go. Hey, bro, how you doing? Yeah, I'll take a coffee. Oh, you buying tonight? Okay, cool. You know, it, it just gets old. That's as legalistic as anything. But when you know there's a unity there and a refining process that's going there, there's a good tension sometimes that goes there for when you you really get into issues that you're feeling and and things that tick you off. You gotta be able to talk to somebody about that stuff. Amen. Instead of just sitting there coming to church looking, tell me what to do. No, get it out. Relationships have been given to you by God to help facilitate that. And then hopefully the second goal is to give some practical advice on how we can grow in our relationships and our situation here. Show the importance of them and then how to improve our relationships in a practical way. Look over in Genesis chapter 1. You can either uh, turn there in your Bible or you geeks can uh, look on your phone. (laughs) The guys I used to make fun of now run the world. I knew a guy looked like Bill Gates and I picked on him. Now look what he's doing. No, I never picked on him, but that kind of, those kind of guys, we did. God has a way of bringing it all around. Why we're talking about that in the midst of Genesis one twenty six is an amazing mystery. In verse 26, then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Notice this now. The reference to our image. Obviously, we look at this now as evidence of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Not 
three different gods, one God, three different distinct aspects as far as mindset in that God, but a singular essence. Amen. So you have a singular plurality or a plural singularity. I know that sounds confusing, confusing and somewhat of a uh, contradiction. But the singularity is in God's image, in His essence. All, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all represent that essence. They are in a relationship from eternity. So if you think relationships aren't important in the kingdom of God, you've got to realize God is a relationship. That's the only rationale you can say God is love. It's because He's always been in relationship where love can exist. You can't love if you don't have anybody to love. What do you do? I love. Okay. A little more detail? No? I don't love anything, really. I just love. Someone says that, you're going to kind of go, okay. Pull a Jim Carrey on him. Bye-bye now. You know, I mean, it's... Are you kidding? Love exists in a relationship. Amen. It can only exist in a relationship. God is relationship. He's always been that. That's how He thinks. That's how He functions. Where do you think we get all these relationships? It's from a God of relationship. A God who is relationship. That's His character. That's His being. It's also the reason why the problems between God and His people are most often defined in terms of unfaithfulness in relationship. The prophet Hosea was called to marry a woman who was unfaithful ultimately. To convey how God viewed Israel's unfaithfulness and to show how God felt. It was all about the relationship. God was heartbroken the same way the prophet Hosea was heartbroken when his wife was unfaithful and he had to go buy her back. God said, out of Egypt, I called my son. Not just people, not just slaves. He looked at Israel as my son. And I call you out. I got a plan. It's all about relationship. Church is referred to as a family. We talk about our family. We're in relationship. You're stuck with me whether you like it or not. Amen. Well, you might say that now, but I got another side, you know. <laughs> the uh, Mr. Hyde will sometimes come out. And guess what? You're stuck with that. But isn't that kind of exciting? Yeah. Come on. To know that you can minister to my Mr. Hyde side. 
And by doing that, you can help me because I know you see things in my life that need to change. We don't need to talk about it right now. <laughs> Keep your hands down, please. No standing up. But you understand what I'm saying? There's, there's, yeah. there's a side of me that I need help with. That I'm not happy with. That I know violates my conscience. That I'm not at peace with. And I need some help. And when someone asks me, hey, you want to grab some time? I'm going to start taking that a lot more serious. Amen. You say you want time, then I'm going to give you my time. Not because, hey, I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to try to serve you. Whatever I can do. For some reason, you ask me, hey, let's get together. And maybe you, you meant it superficially. Maybe you say that to everybody. Don't say it to me because I will call you. Amen. I'm figuring something's up, but it's an opportunity for me. Could be I'm the one that, you know, needs some help. And God just put it in your, go talk to Marty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if it's there, let's take it. I want to renew relationships. I used to be a lot closer to Gavin, and he had to have a baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so hopefully he get his priorities straight and get me back on the schedule. No, I'm, I'm, I'm awed to be around their miracle baby. But anyway, yeah. um, things like that. I just want to tie up a lot of loose ends this year in that respect. And relationship is why God is in a constant battle for a relationship with us. What do you think this whole light and darkness and Armageddon stuff and the, the dragon swinging his tail in Revelation 12 and knocking out third of the suns, uh, third of the stars, they all fall to the earth? What do you think all that imagery is about? It's about a battle. A battle for what? Who's the most powerful? No. It's not a competition just for who's going to be the winner. There's a battle going on for you. Amen. You, me. There's this huge, you know, say, when's Armageddon coming? Hey, it's happening, trust me. Yeah. It's happening. Armageddon's ongoing. It is a battle between light and darkness, and darkness not doing too good. It's all going to end. But it's for you. It's over you. God's been trying to make this point. He's trying to make it way before Jesus came. And they still didn't acknowledge it. They still didn't recognize it. So Jesus says, okay. I'm going to give you my own son. I'm going to give you my own son to show this is not about sitting in a building or a temple and just singing some dull song. This is about relationship. It's all about relationship. And if I give you my son and it still doesn't dawn on you, there's nothing more to give. If you stand before God one day and go, I, you know, I don't, I, if you don't understand the relationship, it's confusing. 
I didn't realize the church was that, you know. You're not going to have much of an excuse. Amen. God says, what else could I have shown you to prove that the church is about relationship? What else? On relationship? I created you in relationship? You're in relationship? They're all around you? I've given you every level of relationship? And you still can't figure out what if I ought to go to midweek and hang out with the sisters? You know? Those kind of commitments come from inspiration. You know? They do. You don't wonder, I wonder if I should really get with that brother. Need to get with him, but you know, phone tag. Hey, when I want to get with somebody, to tell you the truth, I can get with them. Can't you? Yeah. If I know someone who's got $10,000 of mine, I can get hold of them. I don't have any doubt. I wonder where they are. I wonder where they live. I don't know. He never calls anymore. He probably doesn't want to even give me the money back. I guess I just let that. You know. You know. You don't do that. One thing in relationships, we got to get honest about where we are and how we feel about each other. And, and those are going to be in some of the other um, uh, messages. But honesty is a key. Look over in uh, uh, John seventeen. in verse 20 of John 17 and most of us know this to be Jesus' prayer for the unity of his apostles, the unity of the universal church it's a a fantastic prayer and here he says in verse 20 my prayer is not for them alone I pray also for those who believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father just as you are in me and I am in you. Now notice, we talk about unity. And sometimes we don't know what the heck we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes fathers, you know, I want to build a unified family. He looks to the wife, do oh, you know what that means? Or do you know where we're going? You know, it, it's, it's kind of an elusive <laughs> type thing. We used to have our family devos, and right before we have family devos, I was going to give a lesson, you know, a little devo, and I said, Kathy, what are we going to do? You know, I mean, I have no idea where we're going. What's going on with the kids? What's happening? You know, I, give me some insight type of thing. So we all know we need to be it. And here, Jesus defines unity, sets up the standard, the barometer, whatever you want to call, he clothes it in his relationship with the Father. I pray that these people can be as close and can be one as we are one. I'm going, is that really possible? 
Jesus many times prays, prayed for the ideal, yeah. knowing that, I just want to keep you looking at that because you're going to be down here messing around. <laughs> just keep looking at the ideal. This right. is not acceptable. Right. Look at the ideal. When you're having an awkward moment with a brother or sister, you're not getting along, look at the ideal. Look at that. Look at what Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit had together. Complete, absolute, ultimate unity. I was just praying I could get over here and not have an argument with Kathy. Because a lot of times right from speaking, we get in an argument. I know that's demonic. But it didn't happen. I felt that unity for, for, for just a moment. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? There is something to be experienced that we have not yet achieved in this church. They say, well, I don't appreciate you talking about us that way. Hey, I'm just telling you, here's the ideal. And I can tell you, with a bunch of people... We got a long way to go. And if we get our hearts and attitudes right, it can be an exciting journey. Or it can be a miserable religious experience. Your unity in the Spirit with other brothers and sisters is defined by sitting next to them Sunday morning. Are you kidding me? That's it? Hey, brother, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, brother. How you doing? Oh, family good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, bye. See you next week. Boy, that's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Hey, people live that way. I've lived that way. Unfortunately, I'm still kind of in that mode with some of you because I don't know you that well. I can't, you can't have a deep talk with everyone in every fellowship. So there's going to be some people you're going to have to, you know, okay, i got to get around here. I'm still embarrassed. I don't know people's names. And so, hey, brother, how are you doing? Yeah, it's good to see you again. I call you my brother, sister. I love that term when you don't know people's names. Because <laughs> they never know. Does he know my name? No, I call you brother because you're my brother in Christ. I bypass all biological things. But I just want to say one more thing and we'll, we'll close out. You're going to have to turn over there, but in Ephesians 4, verse 15, you can go there later on. It says that the, the body of Christ is held together by all the supporting ligaments. And we'll only do best when all the supporting ligaments are held together in unity and each part does its work. Right? Yeah. And I think understanding the potential relationship and their importance... It's critical for our spiritual growth. We cannot grow without good Christian relationships. We might make it to heaven. And we might grow in other areas. But God intended for us to blossom in relationships. By the interaction. By the discipling. You know, for over a thousand years, approximately 400 A.D. to the 1400s, there was little, if any, access to the written word of God. People had to take the priest's word for it. And when you have to take someone's word for what the Bible teaches, you know, it gets sticky. 
And people are told what to believe. Traditions replaced the authority of the Scriptures. Then the Reformation broke out. Churches were restructured. But if you look back through that history, there's still a very strong emphasis on buildings and ecclesiastical structures. When all this came, you know, Reformation came to America, you had the great revivals out in, in, the, in the plains and in the, in the west. They were really breaking away more and more from these denominational um, structures and platforms on which they operated these, their denominations. And you know, the churches of Christ emerged out of that revival, which is part of your history. They were the group saying, we've got to get back to the Bible. We've got to get back to doing what the Bible teaches and believing in that. But it didn't take long when you just go back to the Bible without understanding the implications for your relationships and implementing those in the ministry, you end up institutionalizing very quickly. They were saying one thing, but living another way. And in the, in the 1970s is when the discipling concept came into the Churches of Christ, through the Crossroads Church, and the letter of Boston, the International Church of the Christ, then all of our problems, and here we sit. <laughs> but what made it the whole thing distinctive? Discipling relationships. Yeah, talk about it. You were not just going to church to sit and do some worshiping society right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to church to engage. Yeah. Yeah. And I've said it many times, and I'll keep saying it, I guess, until God shows me otherwise. I don't come to church to worship God. I worship God when I'm here, because I like worshiping other people. I can worship at home. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, sometimes I get a little more open there, you know? Yeah. I'm going to do a little jig, you know. Yep. I don't want somebody, you know, catching me doing that. I'm a white guy. We, you know, we hold back. I can sing at home. A lot of things I can take communion at home, pray at home. One thing I cannot do at home is be with you. I cannot be with my brothers and sisters who I desperately need if I'm going to make it to heaven. And another thing I need on Sundays is a little kick in the right place to the preaching of the Word. Because I don't do very good preaching myself. I leave a lot of stuff out. I talk about the love of God and the grace of God. And I just preach to myself. I need someone to flip the coin over once in a while. Say it's another side to life. Another side to the message of God. But I think if we really can understand this morning how important relationships are and how important they've been to the history of the movement, I think we need to to man up and carry the torch even further and higher. Hey, we're not losing our edge on relationships. We're going we're gonna to go after it in an even greater way, with more determination, because we believe it will make a difference. Amen. And how we live, how we minister, 
how we reach out, how we raise our kids. Man, I'm ready for the party. How about you? Well, thanks a lot for this time, and that's the end of our worship service, the time together. So have a great fellowship, and I look forward to seeing you next week.